Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jim and Sid. Welcome to Block Talk Radio. Sid, are you there? I am. Oh, I thought you were leading this one. Who is it That's to why leave I was leading. <laughs> this is all. This is all. So every week we 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 alternate who leads, and and I always forget. Is it my turn? I thought I did it last week. Yes, it's week. your turn. I heard radio right, silence, well, so I jumped in. <laughs> hi, and welcome to Outdoor Radio. Oh, there's some coordination. Um, this is this is what happens when you're not in the in the in the same studio. Anyhow, hi Jim. It is How are you? Uh, boy. It's it's uh, heading into week one of the NFL, and you know for the heading first out, time heading into week two of the NFL. Yeah, week two of the NFL, and well, for the first time ever. <laughs> The Monday after week one games, absolutely no one, not NFL Network, not ESPN, not anybody was talking about the games that happened just 12 hours earlier. Because, of course, Ray Rice video came out uh, that suggested pretty strongly that he had misled some folks, that his altercation with his wife was not some simple uh, pushing around and maybe an open-handed slap, but rather a pretty ferocious punch that knocked her over, hit her head on the bar, on the uh, railing in the elevator. She was unconscious. And, you know, the weirdest thing about that video to me, Jim, and the most disturbing thing to me, I mean, obviously he hits her. Um, that's That's obviously horribly disturbing. But then he just kind of stands there, and you can see him going to go, ah, jeez, what just happened? And his reaction, I mean, if I ever did that to Dan, uh, first of all, neither of us in 11 years has ever laid a hand on the other one. But if I ever did, I would be so aghast at myself and so afraid that he was unconscious, I'd be freaking out. Instead, he he just seemed like he really didn't care, like he'd almost seen it before. Well, and then the way he just kind of drug her out of the the elevator was just like if she was like a sack of potatoes or something. Yeah, it was it was kind of sad, and, and of course now, you know what's been interesting over the last uh, last couple of days is the attention has gone completely off of Ray Rice and what happened in that elevator. And everyone is focused on the reaction by the NFL and Roger Goodell, and it, it seemed. I mean, obviously, he's responsible for what the NFL does or does not do, giving him a two-game suspension. Then uh, a couple of weeks ago saying we made a mistake, it should have been at least six games. And now it seems everyone, it almost seems like people are so focused on Roger Goodell as though it was Roger Goodell in that elevator who did it. Well, I don't. I haven't sensed that people thought it was Roger Goodell who did it, but I, it, the whole thing, they've been tone deaf from the start. When this happened... Uh, they had the press conference in May where she was seemed to me like a hostage wife put on stage by the Ravens as sort of to stand by her man. And then the two-game suspension was just bad from the start. I mean, why do they need – well, I believe they've seen the video. I, I believe they're totally lying about not seeing it. And the Ravens president even said, well, Ray told us exactly what happened. 
yeah. that he did, that the video just was, you know, the, the visual evidence they saw. Um, but the two games from the start was really weak, and I think it was this tone deafness on the on part of the NFL. And I don't know if that's because she made a special pleading for her husband, which a lot of abused spouses do. I mean, they st- there's this whole Twitter hashtag why I stay that's some really powerful stuff about women who give reasons why they do stay in these abusive relationships at least for a while um, and so it's a more complicated thing and I think his initial ca- it was really cavalier the way Goodell came out when he first announced the suspension and just never seemed to have a whole lot of sympathy for what had happened and it was like two games is all he can do and one thing no one's ever asked well if he claimed that under the collective bargaining agreement two games was the most that could happen to Rice well then how is he justifying suspending him for a year? I'm just saying that as a well, legal I, thing or like as a technical thing, like what he's basically seeing the video. And, I mean, somebody, either either he's lying or he's incompetent. Either he's lying that they just saw the videotape or some of the NFL office got a copy of the videotape and somehow Roger Goodell didn't know about it. I find that really hard to believe. So I think that's what the focus is on now. If he had maybe come clean maybe if he had said it from the start we saw the video and this is my punishment based on what our collective bargaining agreement is at least he'd have better a more leg to stand now the whole problem now is he seems like nobody believes he's telling the truth about this and then it's like well, why do you believe he tells the truth about anything else he's always talking about the shield and integrity and all this stuff when he disciplines players and he disciplines organizations like the saints what about himself yeah well i wonder if i i've, I've been wondering if He'll suspend himself, uh, you know. But it, it is interesting that he essentially says, "Oh, I've gotten criticism before. This is no different." And um, you know, I'll just keep I'll just keep earning my stripes, which is so it drives me crazy. The military analogies that sports guys yeah. come up with as though, as though they're somehow defending the nation. Um, but wasn't yeah, it kind of just, funny? We talk about distractions. Michael Sam was a giant distraction. That was nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Compared to this, I mean, you know, that was a, that was a that was a imagined distraction. This is a real distraction. This is all anybody is sort of. This is the main topic about the NFL right now is the Ray Rice thing. It's the it's almost the only topic, and yeah. what's what's so interesting too is they played a night. I mean, it, this yeah. is a short week for them, and they had to hold the press conference, and and yeah, it's been it's been fascinating to watch the the. The outpouring of reaction. I mean, it was it was strong when he only got a two game suspension. This is, I mean, the National Organization for Women are calling for Roger Goodell's resignation, and I just, I mean, I just, I think that's a bit far. Though I will say, if if he, if somehow it comes out that he did see that video, and he's been lying about it, or he knew that people in the office had seen it, and he was lying about it, that would change my tune. Well, I think that's the thing. That's what if it's determined. Because then he's proven to be – he's literally going going on network TV and lying about having seen this. So, um, I mean, I think he's safe for now because he makes them too much money and he's popular with the owners. But even some of them who said, you know, all anonymously, well, but I reserve judgment based on what we what, what may or may not come out later. Yeah. Well, it's been interesting. It's been interesting to watch and um... – I'm sure that this is this is not over. There's a whole FBI investigation on it, or they've brought in somebody. Well, the no, they brought the old former FBI director yeah, in yeah, to conduct yeah. what they yeah. say was an independent investigation, but his firm has so many ties to the NFL, I'm really not sure how independent it will be. But 
you know, I mean, a lot of it now we got to see what, what they come up with or what the media come up with because they've been the one breaking this TMZ. I wonder how much they paid for that tape. Uh, and then the AP yesterday with their, you know, bombshell about the voicemail that they, they heard from an NFL secretary saying basically, hey, we got the tape. It is pretty horrible. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you when you when you call the uh, when you call out um, law enforcement <laughs> and they know what you're saying isn't true. Oh, they'll come back. They'll hit you. <laughs> oh, they'll hit you the, with the hotel mail, closed hit down. You. That hotel What's closed that? down because all of Atlantic City hotels are closing down. So those ex-employees have no reason to sort of protect their hotel because yeah. it doesn't, you know it doesn't exist anymore. So. Yep. Well, be interesting to watch. The person to cry. The cover-up is worse than the crime, and that's one of those old sayings, and it's always true. Yeah, and if if they just if Ray Rice had just come out from the very beginning and said and said, you know, I really messed up. You know, I'm going to sit here and take whatever punishment they want to give me. I, I've done a horrible thing. Um, you know, if he was honest about what happened in the in the video in the elevator. Um, about you know saying I guess he was told them that it was an open hand, but it clearly was not. Um, uh, that I I could see him playing this season, to be honest. But well, if, if he, he had but been suspended like, for eight games, I think by Goodell initially, yeah. I think the uh, the disclosure of the tape would not have had that much of an impact because people would have been satisfied that he missed a half season for this and. I think it would have just been okay. Here's we finally seen the tape, but I think it was the two games and the way they all seemed to act like it was just a, you know, a non-issue that really was the thing that caused the the stir. Yep. Yep. Well, it'd be interesting to watch. It's been interesting to watch over the last month. Um, Nate Olfson is a uh, an openly gay high school volleyball and baseball coach in in rural South Dakota and I doubt Nate wants to talk very much about North Ray Dakota. Rice unless you got the wrong Dakota. What? North Dakota. It's no. South it is southeast North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> now how can we work in a west in there? Near the west side of Minnesota. What I'm I'm sorry. I did put South Dakota. Damn it. Nate, I'm sorry I'm screwing everything up. Hi Nate, how are you today? <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think you're screwing up again. It, I'm actually doing good. Um, I I work in South Dakota. It is South Dakota. Oh, oh yeah. Then Jim's wrong. Good me. Lord, I'm sorry. Now I screwed yeah, up. <laughs> I'm doing good otherwise. But yes, it's South Dakota. I know. No one really knows Nate, us over here. <laughs> Nate, as some of you may know, Nate came out publicly on Outsports and came out to a lot of people on Outsports last <laughs> month. He he's a a, a a coach, a baseball and volleyball coach at a Catholic school in South Dakota. You, you coach volleyball there, but you coach, what is it, youth baseball? Uh, it's actually what a varsity sport. It's a club baseball sport, yeah. Okay, it's a club baseball Okay, so, and so we wanted to have Nate on because, one, we were at the gay games and didn't really get a chance to, you know, kind of really dig into what happened after Nate came out. So we wanted to have him on and, and chat about that. And so, Nate, I mean, here here we are. What happened after you told <laughs> your story on Outsports? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, besides the ridiculous amount of emails and media attention and rural attention, I mean, I, I've, I've just kind of gotten, like, overall, personally, uh, a better sense of who I am and how I feel about myself and, um, you know, that, that I matter, um, and that, you know, that makes a big difference personally, but, um, 
you know, a lot of the action that happened, I mean, the day of the that the letter came out, um, I mean, news reporters and emails and Facebook messages and text messages, and, I mean, my phone was just blowing up uh, for at least 24 hours, if not more. So, I mean, that was the majority of it was just people, you know, interested in hearing, um, you know, South Dakota. A lot of the South Dakota news right now is, uh, you know, first openly gay coach in South Dakota, uh, you know, um, someone who graduated from Augustana, which is a prestigious college in South Dakota and in and the Midwest. And so it's just kind of like a, it turned into a much bigger news story than I guess I expected it to be. Well, I think that's a, fu- a function of, like, not having anybody else out in South Dakota. Um, and so it was it was a new story. And talk about some of the maybe emails you've gotten from either coaches or, or other gay players. Like, what what have people sort of reached out to you and told you? Yeah, um, majority of my emails actually have come from um, silent supporters, I guess is how I would call them. A lot of them, are, you know, everyone's so secretive and scared and nervous around here, it seems like. I mean, a lot of my emails were, um, some of them were um, adult men who were married and had kids and were still involved in their marriage, you know, and, and hiding. Um, and I, I can't even imagine being that, uh, you know, in my mid-30s, late-30s, and being married and having kids and feeling like I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I don't want my family to hate me, but I like guys, so I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, I had one athlete from South Dakota actually reach out to me who's still um, a current player, um, and, and that was that was fantastic. I, you know, it's, I never expected anyone in South Dakota. I didn't realize um, that there would be other athletes out there, but it was really cool to see and be able to talk to him, and, and we still talk every once in a while. And, um, uh, you know, he's doing well, and he finally came out to his family, but hasn't hasn't decided to do the public thing yet. He's definitely not ready for that. Um, and then there's, you know, I've, I've talked to other um, a Catholic priests from across the nation. I've, I've talked to um, my campus um, priest. Um, he, he emailed me and asked for, you know, possible ways that he could be more involved in the LGBT community and how he could get other students more involved in the church. Um, so that was that was really cool to see some of those things. It was just a mixture of people all over the place. Um, I mean, people from uh, England and uh, I think it was Nicaragua or something, just uh, completely all over the place. Um, just uh, an outcry of support, you know, and how cool it was to hear that um, someone from South Dakota in a small town could be openly about it and and, and feel like um, they can still be a Christian and that, the, you know, they're bringing the church aspect of it all and then it, it turns into an issue for some reason. But um, that was a lot of what people were, were comforted about, you know, that they could feel, you know what, I'm gay, I can still be a Christian, I can still work in the school systems. You know, this is this is the future. This is something that we get to do in the future. And um, it, was, it was really cool to see that it was really encouraging to a lot of people and made me feel like, you know, I did something good for someone, which is my goal. Well, what, what has been the reaction? I mean, remember when we were, when we were talking about uh, this story, there was a real possibility that the school was going to say, we don't want you anymore, and the school did not say that. Obviously, the school is, has um, you know, welcomed you back in this season. And so what has been the reaction outside of that from people in the school or parents athletes i mean do they they must know that the story's out there and that you're gay what's what what, how what's been the reaction like 
Um, it, overall, everything has been nothing but positive um, to me personally. You know, I, I don't I don't go out and, and find any of the negative stuff purposely. Um, but um, the, the athletes have been very nice, and and the same exact thing. You know, the few of them that um, I I talked to you personally about it. You know, they they said nothing's changed. You know, you're the same exact coach that we had last year. Um, we just happen to know you better. Uh, and and some of them have said how how cool it is and how, you know, they, they find me to be a celebrity and I, I can't help but laugh because I, I don't see myself as a celebrity, but they're like, you're all over the news. It's ridiculous. I can't believe that. <laughs> so, um, I mean, they're all amazing about it. And a lot of parents have shared their support, um, you know, whether that was a Facebook message or um, even if it's, uh, you know, um, when we're together, you know, if we're doing a team get together or something, the parents, you know, they don't treat me any different. Um, you know, they're still very complimentary when when we're at games and say how happy they are to see the girls be competitive um, and work really hard. Um, you know, that's something that they hadn't seen in, in previous years. And so they were really excited to see them, their girls, um, you know, get pushed and, and to be um, a competitive volleyball team. So, which is, which is again, another goal of mine. And, and I'm glad I'm, you know, being accepted to where I live and, and that the support on the parent side and the athlete side are all there and just, it makes my job a heck of a lot easier. So, Do you think that there's any sense that by being honest you showed a certain degree of personal integrity, like maybe the parents or the players are saying he's authentic with us, I mean, as opposed to sort of having to hide it? Yeah, I suppose maybe. No one's really ever said anything like that, but I'm, I'm sure they got, you know, the sense that before, even before I came out, you know, I was, I was very honest and, and open with, with parents and student athletes, you know, saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you how it is. Um, I, I hope you guys can feel comfortable with me. You know, I, I want to make your athlete as, as best of a human being and adult as I possibly can. And, and I think me um, being open and honest with them just just kind of solidified that um, and said, yeah, you know what, hey, this person's down to earth. He's, he's no different than what we knew before. Um, so, yeah, you know, awesome. Kudos to you, and we like you even more maybe. Have you had any negative reactions? Um, I got a, a letter in my home mailbox actually from uh, an agency, The Truth About Homosexuals, or The, the Truth About Homosexuality, I think is what it was called. It, it, there's some organization that sends it to a, they must be every gay in the entire world, <laughs> saying that I, I owe it to my, my kids and I owe it to myself. Um, you know, to to go through this gay conversion therapy, they tried. They sent me like these two pamphlets to go to, like a conversion therapist, um, and that um, it's been proven that it works. You know, and, and that I can't be a Christian and gay. Um, so um, that was that was the only actual negative thing that has came to me personally, and and it wasn't anything that was you know like you're a terrible person. It was just more or less like you're teaching your kid bad things and wrong things and, and, you know, what you're doing is wrong and you're making a bad choice and that whole spiel. But um, to me personally, no. I know that, you know, there's going to be negative comments on every article out there and even in, like, the Sioux Falls news, which is close to where I live, um, and all the news stations kind of came from, you know, my friends are always texting me and saying, you know, don't don't read any of the comments. You know, some of them, the ones that are saying bad things don't even have a clue and I just I tell them I don't make my way out there to read them. You know, I just you know, wait for the good things to come, and I don't focus much on any of the negative stuff. So, 
but it's always been good. So talk a little bit more about you call these silent supporters. So there's married men, obviously married to women who are themselves on the down low, and they just reached out to you to basically, like, someone to reach out to? Yeah. I, I mean, they didn't say anything, um, you know, looking for any help in specific, but, you know, they just said it was encouraging to see someone in South Dakota be able to um, – be brave and and step out and say it's okay to be you, um, and that's kind of all they really said much about it. And then they shared their story with me a little bit, you know how like you know I'm I'm married and I have two kids and a wife or whatever it was, and um, I'm stuck. You know I I don't know what to do. I don't want my kids to leave me. I don't you know I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, kind of a thing. And um, you know I I I don't have a good answer for that except for the fact that. You know, if if your family loves you, you know, they would understand. Um, it's not easy to come out. You know, even me doing the whole out sports coming out thing, I was sweating bullets and, you know, waiting to find out if I still have a job and waiting to find out if I'd lose family members or friends. So, I mean, it's it's overwhelming sometimes. And, and when you're so deep into that, I um, it would be, it would be miserable. So um, I'm sure it was just a chance for them to, open up and and say, you know, to somebody, uh, you know, I'm I'm gay too. Um, I just can't say it. And so it's probably a huge stress relief on them to say that they can go to someone and just, ooh, someone understands what I'm going through. And that's what it was like for me. So I just, I, I would assume that would be like for them. Yeah, it's amazing what, what, how fear dominates your life when you live in the closet, the fear of uh, reaction and losing your job and everything. People are so mm-hmm. convinced that it's just going to be the worst, just the worst thing they've ever done. And and uh, without exception, in my experience, the reaction has been better than people have expected. And most of the time, people struggle to think of even a negative reaction. I mean, you're, you're at a Catholic high school in rural South Dakota, get that right, and and you're telling me the only negative reaction you've experienced is a letter from some gay conversion therapy place. I, that that all of the other communication to you from friends and family in the school and strangers has all been positive except for one letter. Correct. And and I don't even know who they are. <laughs> so yeah, I I've been I've been lucky and a lot of doors have opened up in South Dakota. Um so it's you you are right it's it's crazy to think that you know all this negative stuff is going to happen and um all it really is is just a made up situation in your brain and um for most people you know it's and it's not every case cuz you you do hear some of the sad stories and stuff but you know, majority of the time your support system's there regardless of where you're at in the in the country your your support system is going to come around and there, you know, that was one thing I really learned. There are people out there that genuinely care for your well-being and um, and want you to be yourself and want this to be a movement. And a lot of the stuff that has um, that has opened up for me personally, Coda, is, is I'm finding people are, are are telling you, tell your story, share it, um, explain it. You know, get people to talk about it, even if it's bad. You're getting people to talk about it, and and that alone is is an educational piece. You know, that's challenging someone to think. Um, you know, maybe this is okay. Maybe this this needs to happen. Um, and then with time, you know, and I think you know, probably a shorter period of time than what most people would expect, 
um, you know, this is just going to become a regular day-to-day thing. It's not, it's not going to be a conversation anymore. And at least that's the hope, I suppose. So, yeah. So what, so what do you want to do in terms of, I mean, one about helping the LGBT sports community? I mean, do you see yourself as being someone who would speak at schools, groups, network whether gay coaches out or not? Yeah, actually, I um I already have started some of that process. I um was invited by Equality South Dakota. It's um and P Flag. I'm not 100% sure what all these agencies are, but and then like GSAs. Um, I was invited to speak at my college's Gay Straight Alliance conference or or meeting. Um, and um the Democrat. Um, I don't know much about politics, but the Democrat committee at at um, my college asked me to speak there too, and so. Um, Equality South Dakota asked me to run a a conversation at, at a convention actually for um, for the youth uh, in, in South Dakota and um, other openly gay athletes or coaches, and so people can come and you know they can hear my story and, and we can all have an open discussion about you know what we need to do for the youth to make the youth feel comfortable in the classroom and they are um, closeted that they could go to a teacher and how they can feel safe especially with, um, you know, this week being suicide prevention um, stuff. Um, that was a big a big topic in the last meeting that I went to. And so South Dakota has leaders um, that are, are really pushing, um, you know, to make it knowledgeable. And, and then we're also working for the marriage equality stuff. Um, and that's, that's a big push for us, too. So I, that's, that's part of the doors that have opened up for me is, is to start being able to be invited to go speak at places and, and um, people can ask questions and stuff, and so, yeah, I, I do see myself doing some more of that, um, and and hopefully being a, a positive advocate for other uh, youth or high school athletes or college athletes or other gay coaches, and, um, just someone to turn to to say, you know, what do I do next? Where can I go? How can I help? Um, whether that's themselves or the state or the country or whatever the case is. So, hopefully, hopefully, I'm helpful. <laughs> Well, the good thing is that you're a local guy, so you have that cachet with them that you know the region, you know the area, you know the culture, and you can then speak their language, so to speak, because you're you're with you're them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think a lot of the majority of the South Dakota population, and even Minnesota or, or in the Midwest, would have a you know a, a, at least somewhat of a connection with me because I don't I don't really necessarily know of how many. Midwesterns, you know, up in the Dakotas or Iowa's, Nebraska, Minnesota area that um, are out, at least publicly out. There's definitely athletes out there and other people that are out. Um, <laughs> and a lot of those people are extremely supportive themselves. But, um, you know, making it a conversation, like I said earlier, is, is so important that um, it just kind of domino effects. Nate, how's the season looking? Uh well, oh my God! Let's, oh, we got to actually talk about sports for a second. <laughs> yeah, um, we're we're off to a little bit of a slow start. Um, we have a, a fresh team. We have um, a lot of players that are learning the varsity level. Um, so it's 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 definitely a new team. Right now, we're actually one and seven, so we're not off to the greatest start. But we've also played some some really competitive teams that do well in the in the state and, and do some um, actually state qualifiers and stuff. Um, and we've played well against them, so we're learning a lot of things, and we've improved a lot since since day one. Um, and and we actually have a game tonight, and it'll be a good game. So hopefully our girls are ready to be competitive and 
um, we kind of start our win streak here coming soon. I'm not a big fan of losing, but <laughs> sometimes it happens. Not many, not many people are big fans of losing. Well, Nate, we appreciate you you you, uh, you joining us, and and good luck with the rest of the season. Let us know how it goes. We want to stay on top of your sudden like 18 game winning streak that leads you straight to the state title. Yeah, well, knock on wood. I hope so. Yeah. Well, good luck, Nate. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, guys. Well, Nate Olson. Baseball and volleyball. South Dakota, coach. Jim. South Dakota, South, South Dakota, Dakota, South Dakota. I, you know, like you're writing South Dakota, and I could actually see it on the map, and I'm like, God, what have I been looking at? I, I think what it was is there was no athletes from North Dakota at the gay game, so I got my Dakotas all mixed up in my head. So. You're not the first person to get the Dakotas mixed up in your head, to be honest. But another, you know, just another example that, you know, that, he is getting a lot of attention, deservedly so, because there's there was a vacuum in a place like South Dakota, and so he comes out, and now he's speaking, and people can put in, you know a, an actual person to a to an idea, and it, it's powerful. And it's Jim every single time. It's the same thing. Oh my God! When I come out, it's going to be the most horrible thing that's ever happened. Blah blah blah. I'm going to lose my job, my friends, my family, and then they come out, and it doesn't happen. Every, every time, every time. Well, and we keep getting those stories. We keep encouraging people to tell the stories when they're ready, and uh, we're going to continue to do that because that's how. The, you know, at one point a couple of years ago, we both sort of said, "God, are these stories kind of played out?" And we've discovered they aren't played out because they still have power. And I think until there are a lot more openly gay athletes, especially that you can identify at the pro level, these are continuing. These are going to continue to be stories because these are the people that are blazing the trail. It's people in places like South Dakota and Missouri and places like that because the pros aren't stepping up. Yeah, well, and that's that's a big. It's interesting if if all of a sudden a dozen big time pro athletes in the big big four men's sports, I'd say, came out all of a sudden the next year. How much would that transform the conversation? We know that it's a lot better already than than people realize, and it, to me, it really is the conversation that needs to change because people are still stuck in where we might have been twenty twenty five years ago. Yeah, and and and, and, the, and then the dynamic is if you had a dozen players coming out in various sports, you'd have a lot more coming out in other sports, you know, in other say quote unquote lesser sports, or because they would say, oh, this is now possible, and you know, hopefully we'll see Michael Sam some point, uh, you know, in a regular season roster, uh, and so he would be the first guy in an NFL in an NFL game. But yeah, the pros are still pretty much a desert in terms of you know people being out. So we take the people like Nate and and others we've written about and will continue to be writing about to sort of tell their stories. Well, what's the true desert is, this, is the individual sports. The, I mean, we've never yeah. had a current performer, uh, PGA golfer or ATP tennis player. Now, there was one guy from, like, Argentina who was ranked, like, 472nd. At one point, he came out about five, eight years ago. So I suppose there was one, but, I mean... I, for all intents and purposes, there's never been one. Or or NASCAR, uh, the major circuit, IndyCar, that kind of stuff. Yeah, just it's not the you just don't hear about it. 
Yeah, well, it's because it doesn't happen, and and so I, I wonder if, if you know, even if people came out in the NFL, how much it would affect golf and tennis and some of these other sports if, if the, those people would would truly follow suit. Yeah, I think you know we we, we after Jason Collins, we kind of thought there'd be a lot, and there's been nobody at least in the pro level except for Michael um, after Jason and. These issues that like they they have these big bursts of activity and they kind of died down and right now it seems that stuff has died down and the NFL clearly died down because Michael's on a practice squad and everyone's talking about Ray Rice. It's the quiet before the storm, Jim. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> well, I thought this year would be a big year and it was. Hopefully, next year will be even bigger. That's all the time we have this week. We will talk to you uh, next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, as always. 